episode 128 of Three Bears in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and this week I am by myself. Uh, Colin's unavailable, Barry's unavailable, Stu's unavailable. There is nobody around so I am sitting in a room talking to myself but we will definitely get some, still get some movie news out for everybody. Um, starting with our usual, Mike on Mike. Laird Camels played one game this week and they beat the Cheeto Nomads and it was a 1-0 win. Apparently an absolutely belting goal. Uh, our man Mike Furlong didn't play in the game. But um, if you ask Colin, he'll probably tell you it's because he was stripping or doing something crazy like that. Um, but yes, they didn't play in the game, but they did definitely win uh, a game on Tuesday night. <coughs> yeah, so we'll discuss it more at length next week as, as we more people back to, to talk about the Nomads. Uh, sorry about the, the Camel Lairds. Um, but on to non-cinema viewing. The only thing I watched this week um, was The War of the Worlds, the BBC adaptation. Uh, now, I has said I'm a huge War of the Worlds fan. I've loved pretty much every incarnation of the World of Worlds, coming from the book to the TV shows in the past, up to the, the most recent movies, and also the, the obviously 1950s movie as well. Uh, <coughs> so I was very excited to see what the, the BBC could do uh, with this type of movie, with this type of subject matter. Unfortunately, it's only a three-parter, but it really doesn't deliver over over the course of the, the, the three parts. Um, the first part, it's okay. It lays the groundwork. It sets it in, so it's set in the 18th century or the late 19th century, um, and it's and it's nice to see going back to the book and laying the ground, really laying what was there in the book. But from that, it just it, it just it loses its way. It just it doesn't. It becomes very uninteresting. And that's really sort of the, the worst part of it. It's very very dull for large sections of it, um, particularly episode two where you think you're going to get what the, what the book is offering. You're going to move the story on. Uh, but it doesn't, it, just, it gets lost in amongst a sort of love story and a, a, an idea of setting some part of it in the future to see you know, what the, the aftermath of the, the Martian invasion was. But by doing that, you sort of lose the the core of the book and the core of the adaptation. Um, I, I don't mind when, when things try and do something different. You know, they're taking an idea from, from literature and trying to move it on. This just didn't do entertaining enough. It just, it became... Too much with people in a room just talking and not sure enough about an invasion, which is BBC, so they don't have the budget of you know big Hollywood movies. But is it the, but they still have to try and show a level of scale and a level of epicness. And when you did get to see some of the you know special effects, it, it did seem it was very lackluster and um, very Doctor Who style effects. You know, it definitely seemed cheaper than what it is. And everybody watches things like you know Supergirl and The Flash. Getting decent special effects now is not difficult to do you can you can pay the money to get some decent effects and it's like in this case bbc haven't done that ultimately if they had better effects that wouldn't have saved the show but it may have made them make give them more confidence to show more of the, the sort of alien attack on screen rather than relying on the, the entire program just being about you know people in rooms talking about the said attack that's going on or their love lives so unfortunately a bit of a miss real shame because like i said i'm a massive fan of all things well, the world's are really looking forward to it, but yeah, it just never really quite, quite clicked. And I think the the internet, from what I, I gather, has much similar opinions. And especially when I said we're going to watch it, and I got about twenty different tweets from people who I don't even know tell me not to watch it. So it definitely hasn't gone down to any great acclaim uh, amongst the viewing public, which is a shame because, like I said, the story is there. The the source material is fantastic. It really should be something much much better. Um, other than that, the only thing I've watched at home is a movie that's on. Sky, not Sky, right now, Amazon right now. It was a small release in the, in the UK, um, 
but it's now on Amazon Prime. It's called The Report, <coughs> and it centres around the writing of the report into America, and indeed Britain's role in the torture of people who they thought were terrorists or, or were terrorists um, and attempt to extract information in the aftermath of 9-11 and all that no attack happens after that. Um, essentially, it's boiling down of what was done, who did it, how legal it was, how illegal it was, and should it be allowed to happen? You know, to, how, how does this reflect on itself as a society to allow these sort of things to go ahead? Uh, and you got Adam Driver playing the sort of central role of, of he's the guy writing the report. Um, and alongside him, you've got people like Annette Benning, uh, John Hamm, uh, they're sort of the sort of principal cast members as well. It's a really well done uh, piece of like sort of historical movie making. It covers all the key information, it gets a lot of information across in a very short space of time, and it makes it interesting, which for a film that's majority about people in rooms talking, but like, you know, dark, soulless rooms sitting talking and trying to piece together sort of this thing that's happened over the course of ten years. It does it with enough like sort of dynamism and enough in, and enough interesting things that you actually are compelled to watch it. It could so easily have been a struggle to get through. Um, I would compare it to something like Spotlight, which does a very similar thing, where it, it adds, I would say, a level of excitement because he's, he's you know, not really for excitement in this, but definitely a level of um, sort of velocity where you're trying to get slowly moving on, and you also you're, you're heading in some direction, uh, which which definitely adds to the, the story. Now, obviously, it's probably missed a lot of information out. Nothing is like any film of this, I'll, I'll leave it out, but from a jumping off point to understand what happened, when it happened and how it happened, it's it's a really, really, really strong film to watch. If we compare it to something probably like JFK or indeed Spotlight um, or indeed Zero Dark Thirty, um, or, or, or films where you're, you're seeing the aftermath of something, you're seeing the, 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 the discovery of something by... By a country that doesn't really want to have this sort of thing discovered, they, they're quite happy living in the knowledge of it, knowing it happened, but not one that laid out, um, you know, in front of their faces and exactly what what it means them when they have to actually, you know, face it, um, you know, face on. Uh, so it's a really good film, really well well worth looking out. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Have a check for it. Uh, it's only two hours long, which I mean that is chunkier than most films we talk about here on Three Beers and Movie, but definitely a a a, a good watch. Um, but from that, we'll move on to some, some very quick cinematic um, discussions. Um, just over what things I've seen this week and, and what we thought of them. Um, so the first one is The Adams Family, which is a new animated version of The Adams Family Legend, uh, directed by uh, Gary Tiernan, no, sorry, Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon. Um, both of them did Sausage Party. Um, Mr. Tiernan also did uh, thousands of Thomas the Tank Engine, Engine movies. Uh, and Conrad Vernon, apart from doing Sausage Party, also did Shrek 2 and Madagascar 2. Uh, so they're, they're well versed in the animation world. Um, the plot of this film is essentially it's a telling of the Adams family story. It's just sort of them becoming the Adams family, you know, escaping from where they were in Europe and coming to America, and then the story of the the kids trying to find their place in the world alongside the the adults who are doing the things that the Matisse and Gomez always do. Um, it doesn't really change that much in terms of um, you know what you expect from an Adams family story. All all the usual characters are there. Really interesting voice cast. You get Oscar Isaac playing Gomez, which is actually pretty decent casting. Uh, Charlie Theron plays Morticia. Chloe Grace Moretz plays Wednesday. Finn Wolfhard plays Pugly. Uh, Nick Kroll plays Uncle Fester. Alison Janney plays sort of the big bad in the film. Uh, Snoop Dogg plays Cousin It. And you've got Bette Midler popping up as the granny. 
this, I was really excited to see this actually because number one, I really like the Adams family. I, I've enjoyed the movies to, 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 to mostly. Um, the Barry Sonnenfeld films I think are absolutely fantastic and brilliantly cast, um, and really find a tone that is fitting with those characters. The, the cast of this also is really interesting. You know, I like Oscar as a, as a Gomez. He's a really interesting choice for Gomez, and definitely I can see him playing Gomez in live action. Uh, Charlie Theron as well, also a great sort of Morticia uh, option. Um, and also, this film has been in cinema now for, for about two months. So, for a film, or maybe six weeks, for a film that has to stick around for six weeks, is something quite unique and quite original. Normally, animation films, particularly the ones that are not frozen, which we'll get onto later on, pretty much come and go within about a week to, to, to maybe maybe two weeks at most. So, if that thing stuck around for six weeks, maybe think it could be something you know pretty decent. Um, watching it, it's it's not bad. It's it's not terrible. Um, it is a fun, it is a fun film. It has its moments. There are some good, good gags in it. Some good kind of visual humour, um, but it is very much by the numbers. It doesn't really do anything new or original with the Adams family, you know, legend. And that was a bit of a shame. Uh, the voice cast are all all good, but with the exception of Uncle Fester, um, played by Nick Crow, who I was really found horrendous. Did not like him playing that role at all. It just it didn't. It was, it was just too seedy and horrible a character. He didn't he didn't offer any sort of Sort of compassion to to the character, so I really didn't like the, the Uncle Fester, but that was that was just one. Um, and there's not enough subversiveness in it for like for grown ups. There's a couple of wee gags here and there that the, the grown ups will get, maybe kids might not. But over that overall, it's just it's all about for kids. And my thoughts were: Do kids really care? Are there kids out there who really care about an Adam's Family cartoon? And mostly, I don't think there was. As you know, I, I saw it in a cinema where it was, there was pretty much no one in it. A um, couple of parents with couple of kids but that was about it i mean like i said this was the second what, or six weeks after it's been released so obviously audiences will dwindle but i just start me thinking who actually wants to what kids actually want to watch an adam's family movie you know and if, if the parents do want to make them watch it make me watch the the the, the 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 live action movie because there's nothing particularly bad in that that's not in this cartoon um the other issue i have is like it's i think it's a pixar idea of why animate? You know, if you're going to make an animation film, don't make it just for the sake of making animation. Make it because you can't do it live action. And there's literally nothing in this film that couldn't have been done in a live action version of Darren's Family. And I think, well, why not just get Oscar Isaac to play Gomez? He's, he's a great Gomez. Charlie from a big great Morticia. Chloe Grace Moretz is probably the ideal choice now for Wednesday. She is sort of in that ilk for the, for the Wednesday character. So I, I would have no issue if they actually remade this film as a live action movie. But as, as a cartoon itself it was, a, it was just it was absolutely fine nothing wrong with it just totally okay um and definitely sort of snuck in there before the whole frozen world kicked off so it sort of picked up in the audiences before that um but now that frozen's out it, it pretty much will i'm sure disappear from most cinemas but if you do happen to find it probably not worth going to cinema to see probably best thing to do is just find it on on blu-ray dvd or, or on demand when it, it comes out probably in the foreseeable future so out of 10 we give that five out of 10 Second film, Charlie's Angels, directed by Elizabeth Banks, um, best known as an actress, but obviously has directed as well. She directed Pitch Perfect 2. Um, the plot of this film is that the angels come together in order to stop a sort of a, a energy company who have created a, a, a free energy device, but unfortunately it can be engineered backwards to become a bomb. So they've got to try and intercept that and stop it from hitting the market um, and at the same time maybe undercover, uncover some stuff within the agency of shadow de shady dealings 
Um, in the film, you've got Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Elena Balinski playing the three angels. Also popping up is Patrick Stewart, Sam Claflin, and Elizabeth Banks in varying roles. Um, this film has got a shit ton of plot. Maybe probably way too much plot than what you're expecting um, for what is a kind of throwaway action film. Um, and part of that problem with the film is there is just a little bit too much plot. Um, everything in the film revolves around in the film should revolve around the three girls. When they're on screen, there's a lot of charm, a lot of fun, um, and I found it really enjoyable, especially Kirsten Stewart. I thought she was excellent in, in the role, um, as was Elena Balinski, so I thought she was excellent as well. When you take them away and you start putting too much plot in their mouth, they're trying to basically going through whole screens of, ex, you know, of, of plot dialogue, you do find yourself a little bit bored. When they're allowed a little bit more free reign, allowed to sort of maybe a bit more you know, jivey and sort of riff off the cuff, it's fun and it's it's... It's got a lot of charm to it. Um, the action set pieces are all really well handled. Nothing you've not seen before, unfortunately. It's very much by numbers. And at times it feels kind of 90s, you know, like in the 90s, early 2000s. It's not a kicking the ass away from the Charlie Angels movies that you've seen before with Cameron Diaz and, and Lucy Liu. Um, the cast do all seem to be enjoying what they're doing. And like I said, that comes across when they have little dialogue moments between them. But just not enough of them not talking about plot. Um, it does wear its feminism. You know, you know, heart on its sleeve, then it starts to beat around the head of the feminism, which is absolutely great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but did it need it? Probably not. And also, I think the film, the fact the film's about three women who are kicking ass throughout the whole country, you maybe don't have to lean on the whole feminism angle quite as heavily as it did. Um, definitely not deserving of the panning it has been getting of late. Um, I think it's got pretty much massacred in America, which is a real shame because it's definitely not the worst action film I've seen this year. Um, I think of a few examples, you know, things like Hellboy were pretty awful and they, I mean, they didn't do well in cinema, but um, there's been a few other real kind of dodgy action films that I thought, mm, people are going to go and see them just because the name's in them. Um, but this one, it's absolutely fine for what it is. It, it's, it's enjoyable, it's fun. Um, I think if you're maybe a 12 to 15 year old girl, you'll absolutely love what's going on on it. You know, it'll really speak to, you know, to who you are. Um, for a 34 year old man, maybe slightly less aimed at, um, it definitely it didn't jive quite as well for me, but still I had a lot of fun with it and actually enjoyed big chunks of it. Um, like I said, anything the three girls on screen riffing with each other was great, just when the plot started to sort of intrude, in fact, when the plot intruded on it, that's when I sort of found my, my attention wavering. But as a, as a film itself, totally fine, it's a totally enjoyable movie and not a bad way to spend a Friday night in cinema um, with some friends. A, a good crowd would actually make that a really interesting and really fun watch. Um, out of 10, giving it 6 out of 10. You know, but it's, it's a really good 6 out of 10. It's an enjoyable 6 out of 10. Next film is 21 Bridges, which is directed by Brian Kirk, who's not really done any movies, but he has done a lot of TV, including pretty much all the big episodes of the Game of Thrones, uh, Luther, Boardwalk Empire. He's, he's done, a, he's done a, a fair amount of TV and a lot of good TV, so he's, he's got a he's got a, a good basis in, 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 in thriller, thriller and action. Um, the plot of this one is There's Been a Murder, in the true Tiger style, where four police officers have been killed, um, it looks like a botched robbery. Um, Chadwick Boseman, the main police officer comes in, he has got to find out who killed them. He knows that if they disappear in the next four to six hours, then they'll be gone forever, they'll never be able to find them. So the bridges in New York all get shut down, so they're all contained to the island. Then proceeds as sort of a manhunt through the through the, the island of, of Long Island, or sorry, Manhattan, in order to find the, the, uh, the four 
the, the two general, the two guys who have killed uh, the four cops, uh, and that's basically it. that's it's, it's a manhunt film. It's 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 a fugitive. It's it's them trying to find these guys out. And there's also about police corruption in there as well. When you're kind of wondering who's on whose side for a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it seems, it seems like it's a twisty, turny thriller manhunt movie. Um, and the film you got Chadwick Boseman. Um, he plays sort of the main cop. Sienna Miller plays his partner. She works for the DTF. Uh, Jakey Simmons plays sort of the other police chief as he plays so well. And Taylor Kitsch plays one of the the guys who who, who was involved in the robbery. Um, it's a bit of a throwback film. Feels like sort of like the Tony Scott movies of the past. You know things like Enemy of the State um, and a lot of seventy thrillers. You know things like Taking Up Hell from One Two Three. Um, probably the French Connection as well. Um, things that I much miss. I really enjoy those types of movies. I, I have a, a big sort of soft spot for them, and I've, I've watched them many of them, you know, over the years. Um, and they're good grown-up movies. And there's something about being having a film up for grown-ups. It's it's slowly missing from the cinema. Um, cast all very solid. Um, Sierra Miller, who I barely recognised for most of the film. Uh, excellent in it. She plays a, she plays a really good, a good, a good American accent as well, um, and she's she really strong in it. Um, still not entirely sold on Chadwick Boseman. He is excellent in the film Get On Up when he plays James Brown. But apart from that, I've never seen him in anything where I've really found myself enjoying what Chadwick Boseman is doing. Even in Black Panther, when T'Challa's on screen, I, I don't, I have very little interest in him. He's he, boring compared to the character around him, and everybody else seems to have a lot more fun doing what they're doing. Than he is, as a Black Panther himself, no issue there. Black Panther is pretty badass looking when he does his does his thing, um, and pretty much everything else I've seen Boseman in, never really been been charmed by him, um, so far. So I remain unconvinced by him. And in this film, it doesn't really take away or add anything to it. it just sort of he does what Chabby Boseman does, um, so I didn't really find myself thinking, oh, this is convincing me of him being the next big thing, and also, it didn't really make me think any worse of him. He's, he's it's a solid movie, and he's solid in it. Um, moves at pace, really, you know, doesn't hang around. The short time frame; it's only about a hundred minutes long, so it's moving uh, fast throughout the whole film, um, edited quickly. Yeah, also the film never settles at any point, um, and for that I, I give it credit. You know, you're always kept on edge, you're always moving along at pace, and you're always you're always interested. Um, with that though, the ending it, it does skim over a lot of stuff, and when you get to the ending, you kind of you're left with it kind of going, really, that's the way you want to do the ending. But I guess it makes sense in the, in the context of the film, mostly. It does feel a little bit of a stretch um, when you're watching it. But mostly, totally solid viewing. Really enjoyed it. Really fun film. Um, really good, again, adult, grown-up person movie. Um, and it's something that's kind of solely, solely missing from the cinema. So I, I really enjoyed that, the, the fact that it did that. Um, out of 10, probably give it a, a very strong 7 out of 10. So it was a decent, decent, decent watch. Um, and the final film that we saw at cinema this week um, was Frozen 2, the follow-up to the gargantuan Frozen 1, um, directed by Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, who also did uh, Frozen, so obviously brought back for, for this. Um, Chris, brought, Chris, Chris Buck sorry, had some um, other directing experience. He directed Surf's Up and Tarzan. Jennifer Lee Frozen was her first ever directing of a, a movie, but she was a writer on Zootropolis and Wreck-It Ralph, so she has got strong kudos in, uh, in what she's been in doing now. Yes, yeah, so the plot of Frozen 2 is Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Olaf and Sven leave Arendelle to travel to an ancient uh, autumn-bound forest of an enchanted land. They set out to find the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save the kingdom. Um, and along the way you've also got you know, sort of side stories regarding uh, you know, Olaf and his maturity and also Kristoff is trying to propose to Anna at the same time. Um, <coughs> everyone comes back from the original. Kristen Bell is back playing 
uh, Anna, Dina Mazzell's back playing Elsa, Josh Gad's back playing Olaf, Jonathan Groff back playing Kristoff, um, Evan Rachel Wood pops up in it as well, and Sterling K. Brown as well has an appearance. So everyone's, everyone's sort of back. Um, the sequel does well, expands the world out from the original. It doesn't stay you know, confined to the, the castle, which the first one pretty much was. Um, and it brings in a lot of stuff from the past. It's sort of, again, trying to branch the world out. You get a sort of a little kind of history of the kind of Arendelle people, which is quite interesting, and, you know, in the world that, that existed before Anna and Elsa. Um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. There's, for, for fans of Frozen, they will absolutely love it. There's absolutely nothing bad in this that they won't absolutely love. Um, my wife... Jill, she was a big fan of Frozen, and she loved this, she thought it was great, she was. She saying the songs are excellent. I had issue with a few things, I don't think the songs are anywhere near as strong as the songs in There Is No Frozen. Um, nothing hits the heights of Let It Go or Build A Snowman, which were like sort of earworms, that, even, if you didn't, even if you hadn't seen Frozen, you were going to hear those songs. I don't think there's anything in this film that you're going to be hearing in the same way. Um, but the songs, are, they're all fine, they're all, all, all good solid Disney films and it's good that the film itself committed to being a musical there was a point in the last one the first one where about maybe three quarters of the way through the film they decided not to be a musical which seemed very odd but this one kind of commits to the whole musical part of it pretty much all the way through which is which was good for a Disney a Disney film um, there is too much plot again you know, similar to the Charlie's Angels in fact in plot, um, the same um, and because there's a lot of plot there's not enough explored so the, the story with Kristoff and the story with Olaf doesn't really give him enough time to sort of fester and understand. And Anna's story is a little bit maligned in this film. Again, it's very much all about Elsa. Um, and I would like to see more of sort of Anna's story. I mean, she has got a big ending, as all, and Olaf's got a, big, a good ending as well, and so has Kristoff. You get, you know, there's a, there's a payoff on it. But I'd like to see either see more of what they were doing in the story, or indeed take one of their stories away and use it for, for the next movie. Um, so there's just a little bit too much plot for the, for the characters that are on screen. Um, but Fans of Frozen will absolutely love it. It's fun. It's 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 made to, to for the people who love Frozen. You know, it's already made all the money in the world. It's already the biggest animated film of all time, I think. Um, so people are obviously loving it. Um, like I said, fans of Frozen will love it. If you're not a fan of Frozen, you're probably going to be much seeing yourself be a bit kind of meh by it. But yeah, it's 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 a good good solid animated film. Like I said probably bumped up a few points if you are a fan of the the Frozen franchise. Um, I give it six and a half out of ten. I think I'm being pretty harsh on it because I'm not a huge Frozen fan. I think a lot of people maybe make went up to sort of seven or eight, or even even nines. Um, but yeah, it's it's good for the kids, good for the fans of Frozen, but not a lot new and interesting if you're not a fan of those. It doesn't doesn't branch out and, and make anything bigger. Um, and that's about it for this week. You know, as I said, it's a, a very, very um, short episode because it only is myself, and I can only talk to myself for so long before people start thinking I'm crazy. Um, next week out, we've got a lot of stuff out, and hopefully somebody else will be able to talk about it with me. We've got Honey Boy, which is um, Shia LaBeouf as a young actor looking back in his childhood, and sort of the character study of that looks, looks very interesting. Mullers Brooklyn, we've got Ed Norton back directing for the first time in a long time. Um, but it's sort of a hitman with a stutter and Tourette's. It looks very, again, sort of the unique vision by Ed Norton. Um, Ordinary Love, which is um, Liam Neeson, um, a story about just a, a marriage, which could be quite you know touching and heartfelt and it's getting rave reviews. Um, Jumanji, The Next Level, which is also the, the big release of the week, um, and after the, the smash success of the first or well, second Jumanji film, you know, it's, it's much, much waited for. And also Lucy in the Sky, which is a story of, you may remember, of the 
astronaut who went a bit mad and drove like 900 miles away in diapers in order to confront her ex-husband who's having an affair or something you know so again looks a bit crazy and could be interesting fodder for the for the cinematic screen um, still out as well is Blue Story um, which is you know it's a pull from cinemas this week by a few cinema chains but it's, it's back in back with kind of a vengeance in some ways you know they added publicity's definitely got more people going to see this film and it'd be interesting to see um, what numbers are on this film towards the end of it so I'm going to go and hopefully see that so there's quite a lot on next week um, if you'd like to talk to us we are on it Three beers a movie at Gmail, at Twitter, and at Instagram and on Facebook. Um, but yeah, so like I said, short episode this week because I'm by myself. Next week we'll have people back to to talk with me. But until then, I've been Richard, and you've been listening to 